Authentic Life with Josiah Ball. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. I am excited that you are listening to this episode. It is a lot of fun. We had Layla Nahavandi on here, and uh, we just had an incredible, fun conversation. Uh, She's hailing from Australia. It was nine o'clock here. I think it was like two o'clock there the next day. So uh, time differences, it's crazy, but a lot of fun talking with Layla. She's incredible. You're going to love this episode. But before we get into the episode, what I want you to do is uh, go and click that share button, share this on your profile, share it with a friend. Uh, anybody that you love should be listening to this episode. They're going to love it for sure. Um, go to www.helloimjosiah.com to see all my links where you can buy the merch. You can buy my book, listen to music I've produced in the past and, uh, see all my socials on there. Uh, yeah. So that, that's all for right now. And enjoy this episode with Layla Nahavandi. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. Today we have, uh, all the way from Australia, uh, we have uh, Layla Nahavandi with us today. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much, Josiah. So nice to be with you guys. Yeah, great to have you here. So you, I, I was reading your bio. You have, you know, you you said Persian, Irish. You're yeah. <laughs> grew up in Australia, and tell tell me a little bit about your life. And um, I think yeah. you have a cool story about your family coming to know Christ in the '90s. Mm-hmm. And I just want to hear, and I'm sure my listeners would love to hear a little bit of your story and background. Oh, thanks so much, man. So, um, yeah, I was born into a Muslim family. So my wow. dad is Iranian, was born in Iran, and my mum is Irish. So she grew up in Ireland. Wow. Um, they both met in England uh, okay. when they were students. And my mum and dad, like, fell madly in love with each other. Mum converted to Islam to marry dad. She'd grown up Catholic but wow. didn't really have a relationship with Jesus or anything like that. Um, yeah, so she she converted to Islam. When I was about two years old, we ended up moving to New Zealand. Okay. And as we were living in New Zealand, we had um, a family member, my auntie, who came to live with us there. We didn't know at the time, but she was actually schizophrenic. Mm. And so it just made our home life quite quite uh, chaotic at the time. So I have a younger brother, younger sister, and we were all under five years old, had my auntie living with us. She's schizophrenic, doing crazy things like threatening my dad and different things like that. And, um, and it was just like hectic and they had no other sort of family members around them or anything like that. So it was very isolating. Um, so my mom basically just couldn't handle it anymore. And she said to my dad, like, look, if you don't get rid of her, like out of our house and I'm going to take the kids, I'm going to go. Um, so we ended up moving into a women's and children's shelter, Mm. um, with my mum. And while we were living there, um, there was a neighbor who reached out to us, um, who was a Christian lady. She believed, you know, in Jesus, she was Pentecostal and she reached out, shared the gospel with my mum. And she was basically like, Hey, you know, like I I believe in Jesus. I believe he can turn your life around and you never regret surrendering everything to him and making him the Lord of your life. And so my mum was like, yes, like, I I believe this as something like there was a witness of the the Holy Spirit in that for her. And she was like, yes, I believe this. 
Um, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. So she got baptized in this lady and her husband's um, bathtub, which is very awesome. unconventional. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> And and then um yeah, just had this like radical conversion experience. Like I remember um from that time onwards, like mum would just watch like Benny Hinn had a TV show um <laughs> called This Is Your Day. I don't know if yeah, anyone's heard of it, but I have, yeah. um yeah, we would like watch that all day, every day. She would tape it and then she would play it all day. And it was just all these worship songs and praise songs, and we'd be like dancing around the dining room table to to this worship and wow. the joy of the Lord just filled our house. The peace of God, um, the hope of Jesus just just came in and turned our world upside down. And so then my mum, as she was sort of growing in her discipleship journey and stuff, she was like, oh, I need to, you know, move back in with my husband and and restore this and and, uh, try and make this work. And so um, we all moved back in with my dad. Wow. And then my dad, he was like, I'm going to be the last Muslim on, on earth. Like I'll never convert to Christianity. But he was willing to come along to church. So he came along to church and he'd sort of just like sit in the background of the church and stuff. And he would hear them talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm. And he'd never really heard about the Holy Spirit before, didn't know what the Holy Spirit was, had never read the Bible. And as they were talking about the Holy Spirit, my dad was like, okay, I'm going to do an experiment on the Holy Spirit because he's a professor of robotic engineering. Wow. So, um, yeah, so from that science background, he's like, why not do an experiment on the Holy Spirit? Um, and so he was just lying in bed one night, again, never read the Bible, never read the book of Acts or anything like that about the Holy Spirit coming like a mighty rushing wind, nothing, didn't have mm. any concept for that. But as he was lying in bed, he just felt, he said to God, he was just like, um, Holy Spirit, if you're real, then show me. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he just had this, like rushing wind just go all over his body just from the tip of his head to the soles of his feet. He was like, okay, this is a coincidence. This isn't possible. Being the scientist that he was, he got up to check all the variables in the room. He's like, this cannot be happening. And then so he went back to bed and nothing was open and so he was a bit confused, went back to bed and it happened a second time. And he's like, okay, what's going on? Is my mind playing tricks on me? What's happening? And then it happened a third time and it was more intense than before. Like he could really experience it in a really, really sort of powerful and, and just dramatic way. And he just felt the Lord say, I want to show you that I'm real, that Jesus is real. And so my dad uh, ended up becoming a Christian. He got baptized wow. at, at our church in New Zealand. And um, yeah, since then, I've really just had the opportunity to just grow up in the house of God, see, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus changing our, our family, the Holy Spirit impacting us in such a powerful way. And yeah, throughout those years, I really, I never walked away from God. I just always had this like really powerful, you know, relationship with Jesus, knew that God was real, um, yeah. lived with the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, yeah. And so, um, we moved to Australia when I was about eight or nine years old. Uh, so now I'm an Aussie citizen. I just last night got my Irish citizenship. Yeah. Like, I think I saw mom. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so awesome. I've been a citizen of many nations and, yeah. um, I'm about to move over to Europe, um, be based in Germany for the next little while. So wow, yeah, it's, awesome. it's been a wild, wild journey, but yeah, God is good. That's that. What an awesome testimony that I love that. Like, and it's such like a encouragement to, people around the world who just like are either seeking truth or are seeking truth for others who don't know Christ as well. And just to be able to like hear the power of the Holy spirit, just working that way over your father Mm -hmm. is just, 
It's so cool. I get, yeah. I can imagine like somebody who's just like this into science and stuff being like, okay, how's the air? I'm going to turn off the air altogether. Yes. Sure. Like all the different exactly. variables, like the exactly. you know, theories and stuff that go on and like just God just breaking through those barriers like crazy. It's Very awesome. Nice. Powerful. And the way, Come on. so when did you feel for yourself, the call of God to be yeah. like, ministry the way you are speaking and teaching and uh, i want to get into yeah. some of the church history stuff that you do as well because i love church yeah. history and all that but <laughs> awesome let's yeah, go come on i want i would love to just like hear like when when was that moment where like i'm i'm called to preach and maybe some of the struggles yes. that might have came with that yeah okay so um I think I I basically had an encounter with the Holy Spirit when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So um, watching these Benny Hinn TV shows, um, mum would always make us like lay our hands on the TV screen and pray with Benny Hinn for whatever wow. he was praying for. So like that was the rule. We're just like if he's praying, we need to put our hands on the TV and we That's need to pray. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so like when I was young, again, she'd just always have these Benny Hinn tapes playing on our TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember um, one day he's sort of just talking with another preacher about the Holy Spirit. And as he's talking about the Holy Spirit, he's like, okay, we're going to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And and uh, if you want to speak in tongues, um, just put your hands on the, on the TV screen. We'll pray with you. And so I was like, yeah, cool. We always put our hands on the TV screen, pray. Yeah. So it's just on in the background, but I'm just like intrigued as this seven-year-old kid. And so I put my hands on the TV and um, just had this encounter with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues for the first time as a sort of seven-year-old kid. Um, And so I always had this like just deep relationship with the Holy Spirit where I could hear the voice of God, knew the presence of God because I had Mm. had that real encounter with the Holy Spirit at such a young age. Um, And then I think when I was about, say, eight or nine, I'm like, serving at my church. I want to do everything that I can to serve my kids' church. I'll set up, I'll, you know, pack down the chairs, I'll like do whatever they want. And they'd get me to do offering messages and different things like that. And I just had this awareness that like, oh, one day you're going to be a preacher. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do with my life. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the goal. It was just like, um, it was like God had put that in my spirit from such a young age that I just knew that that's what I was called to do. Yeah. Um, but with that also came a lot of difficulty because, as I mentioned before, my dad's a professor of robotic engineering. So right. he was like, absolutely not. Like, you are not going to be a pastor. There's no way. He wanted me to to study, to, um, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer or something that, you know, right. he's both Persian and and a, a professor. So both of those two things are not sort of conducive with your kid going to Bible college and yeah. becoming a pastor. Um but yeah, so he he was definitely against it for a, a long time. And so I think that was the wrestle for me as a, a young person, as a kid, but then also as a teenager, as the Lord is starting to sort of call me more and more into this calling mm. of, of just surrendering my life to him and saying, you know, God, wherever you send me, I'm going to go there. I'm going to preach the gospel, whatever that looks like. So yeah, I had these um, just radical encounters with the Lord as a teenager um, where the fire of God, one particular one that I can remember was when I was 14 years old and just the fire of God came upon me in such a a tangible way. Like we know that God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but then there's like a a specific direct presence of God and a manifest presence of God that um, comes in specific ways in specific moments. And sometimes that's, you know, through your revival 
revival and worship and different things like that. Um, but it can also be through encounter. I remember just this encounter with the Lord where I, I just physically felt the fire of God on my my body and mm-hmm. on my mouth. I felt like my mouth was sort of on fire. It was like all tingling. And I was at this youth conference and the preacher said there was maybe like, I don't know, a thousand young people there, hundreds of young people at the altar. And the pastor, the preacher who was up there, he just said, hey, there's a young person in this room right now and your mouth is on fire. The Lord is calling you to be a prophet to the nations. You're going to preach the gospel to the nations. And and I was like, okay, well, like as a 14-year-old kid, I'm like, okay, it doesn't get much more clear than that. If I had doubted or I wanted to go another way, like, or I was just, you know, trying to be a people pleaser and just do something else with my life, like, oh, I can't ignore this encounter I've had with the Lord. I can't ignore the the specific calling um, to go and preach in the nations and whatever that looks like, that mission calling. Um, And so, yeah, so I basically as a sort of 18, 19 um, year old, then I, I stepped into going to university just to honor my dad. So I studied um, music, started out studying music, but also went to Bible college, did an internship with a church. Wow. And um, yeah, really got into ministry from there. They asked me to be youth pastor. Um, I ended up finishing my degree, but did a degree in international studies and history mm-hmm. and then went on to do my master's in biblical studies. Now I'm doing a PhD, as you mentioned, in, in um, theology. And I really love sort of church history, theology, the mixtures of the two. Um, yeah. But yeah, in, in all of that, I was able to sort of like honor my dad. Now he's happy that I'm like teaching at universities and stuff yeah, around sure. the world. Um, but I've also, you know, fulfilled that call of God to to go to the nations where that's that's not. It sounds more big and grandiose than it actually is. You know, sometimes it might be like you know preaching at a, a church in Paris of ten people in a classroom, and yeah. but just that calling to to go and to preach the gospel and to minister to people, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, like whatever that looks like. Um, yeah. yeah, I've I've stepped into that. So I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because like it's. Your story so sounds so similar to like many, including myself. You know, mm, I was eight years yeah, old when I started, you know, where, you know, I spoke in tongues for the first time at eight years old. Wow, come on. I was 16 where I felt that like presence of God. And like for me, it was like, wow. it was more like lightning and um, yes, not on. like a lightning strike, like smiting me. Right. But like yeah. I was, I tell people all the time, I wrote in my book, like the presence of God, it was like so real that I, next thing wow. I knew I was on the ground and I woke up and I felt like mm. lightning all over my body and felt wow. like it was like came from, from within and was round. Mm. And I think that those kind of encounters that God has on like certain people at a young age, like, like with us, like mm. it's what launched us into like that ministry and stuff and yes. um, going to Bible college and wanting to preach and teach and write and all that stuff. And, um, mm. I've heard that multiple times and, and I think yeah. God just showers that love on people sometimes and, um, all the time, mm. not sometimes, but, um, that's really cool that that happened to you and, uh, what God has been doing in your life. So awesome. Thanks so much, man. How, how did you, um, encounter the Holy spirit when you were eight? You probably told this story already, but I'd love to hear uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, my parents, uh, co-pastored a church, um, yeah. And it was like, like old school church. Um, I don't even know. Church of Christ, maybe was the kind of church. Yeah. So they had like candles and robes and walking (laughs) down and like, so my dad, that was his first pastoral job after graduating Bible college. And, um, there was like 30 people in the church and, um, it was old building. Fast forward. I'm born. 
um, eight years later, um, there's a new building, but then that old church mm. building was still there. And that's where our kids church was held. Um, <laughs> and so we Love would like, that. you know, be in worship and then cross the road over to the old church. And yeah. I remember standing there and one of the elders, um, his name is Bob was just praying over us. And wow. he kind of led that, like, I believe that God's calling you to, you know, speak in tongues. Like, I feel like wow, and, come and on, just laid his hands on me and just started speaking in tongues. Wow, and, like, I love that. and then like, after <laughs> that, so cool. I got baptized in water. <laughs> like it was like, wow. you know, a lot of times it's like the reverse, but I remember like yep. being like, okay, I think I want to get baptized now. And God just was like, come on, been moving in my life in that kind of way. Yes. And then, yeah, when I was 16 was, um, my mom was leading worship, um, second row of the church and she was singing revelation song. Um, yeah, and, and I just remember just like worshiping and then like lightning just pulsing through my body and just falling wow, to my knees. And like, it was like that, like you can't, I can't deny God. I mean, I've seen miracles. Mm. I've seen different things like that, yes. but that moment is my, mm. I can't deny God ever. Uh, wow. Come on. Even though I've seen with my eyes, I've seen incredible things travel the world, but it was in that moment that made me realize like mm. God is fully real because it was personal. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so powerful. Yeah. So cool to hear. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. So you, you, you have a podcast as well, right? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that, um, is that based called... upon the, <laughs> the bar, that, um, the child and the eagle or whatever. Uh, yes. Eagle, eagle yes. So that's right. Yeah. So the, the podcast is called the eagle and, eagle child, and child podcast. Yeah. And um, basically I was just having this conversation with uh, one of my friends. Um, we were both, I don't know if you've heard of Theos U, but we're yes. both like, yep. yeah, we're both sort of teaching um, some classes on, on Theos U and we're talking about church history and we were just like back and forth, just messaging each other one day about, I don't know who, someone in church history, we're just chatting. And um, just this idea popped into my mind. I was like, hey, man, like this would be so cool. Like this was back in, I don't know, 2017 or something maybe. Like wow. podcasts weren't like a huge thing back then. And I was like, oh, this would be so cool if we just like recorded conversations like this about these heroes of church history. Like I, I think it's like fascinating. Yeah. And we were just like talking about it. And he's like, yeah, that would be so good. Like what would you how, what would you call it? What would you do? And then it's just like this whole idea unfolded where I was like, oh, maybe we should call it the Eagle and Child, which was the pub where um, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien okay. and a few others, the Inklings, they yeah. would get together and they would go to this pub in Oxford and they would just share like what they were working on, their literary ideas and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I was like, oh, maybe we could have this podcast. It's like the Eagle and Child, but instead of us just getting together, sharing our ideas, we're like getting together, talking about these heroes of church history and yeah. how can we really apply, you know, their lives, their, their thoughts, their the way that they can inspire us to live our lives. How can we apply this to our lives today and to the church today? What can they teach us? Um, yeah, so it just sort of like all unfolded from there very organically. And, um, yeah, then we've, we're into our third season right now. So, yeah, it's wow. been fun. It's been really enjoyable. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, that's like my goal. Before COVID happened, my friend and I planned a trip to Europe 
And that Let's was one go. of the pubs. We're like, we have to go there. <laughs> Come on. So yes. like when I saw that your podcast was named, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's great. Um, because like that that I love Lewis, I love Token. Um, yes, come on. All their works. Um, maybe so not good. all of them, but close. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. close. So yeah, <laughs> nice. the inklings, I have all that too. And and um, yeah, so that was just that was cool. So church history is I realized um that it's so important to our faith today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. over the past, like even five years, like in just my own personal mm-hmm. studies. And when I was 25, I got, I got to a point where I was like, I need to figure out why I believe what I believe I've experienced God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I have people now coming to me saying like, Oh, you just grew up in this. So it's all, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I do. It is kind of like, all I know in my life. And now I need to not, you know, I don't like using the word I had to deconstruct in a way, but like, like, but not take God out of my life, you know? And just so like part of that was going into the deep, like, you know, the desert fathers and like the Mm -hmm, different saints and going into like learning more about things that, were post Bible records of people's lives and Mm -hmm. their studies and their wisdom. And, and that really has got me to where I, you know, am today even, but um, yeah. So I I just love church history and I pumped that somebody's talking about it. Thank you. Yeah. And I think for me, like that's, what's really added a lot of, I think cultural weight in the church to what I do for me. And and at first I was just sort of like doing a PhD or my master's and stuff just because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my dad wants me to do extra study. Like this isn't really helping me in any way. I don't need a PhD to, to you know, preach the gospel wherever right. I'm going. Um, but I've started to see like the hand of God in that and the, the leading of God for this cultural moment where you know, in the church, there's many sort of young people, young evangelicals deconstructing their faith, not having yeah. that sort of historical foundation, not knowing why they believe what they believe. Maybe they've grown up in just seeker sensitive churches, so they don't, don't have a lot of depth of discipleship, understanding, teaching, doctrine, right. um, no sort of catech- catechetical sort of process to to really form them. And so I just started to see like sort of coming into sort of 2019, 2020, um, just this real need for um, us to make this palatable and for us to sort of get the word out there that like, no, like church history, like it's it's all there. It's, all yeah. those writings are there in the Desert Fathers and like, as you said, Eusebius and all these historians and everything like that, it's all there. Um, yeah. A lot of people just don't know about it. So yeah, how do we get that into the hands of the people that really need to know about it so that they don't throw throw in the baby throw out the baby with the bathwater and just right. sort of like throw in the towel with their faith because of you know shaky foundations so yeah yeah I, I really see it as very very important right now yeah yeah and I like what you said there because I kind of going back to that like I was saying with like the experiences of you know the Holy Spirit in our lives mm. have kind of help that foundation in a way like yes you know like sure. you doesn't matter like doctrinally if you're like if doctrinally your your foundation could be a little shaky but if you've had that experience like okay something's real here yeah how do I build on sure. that with that discipleship and people coming around me at least even because you can get 
you know, you can have an experience of Holy Spirit and then get, you know, kind of crazy outside stuff with that mm-hmm. because you want yes. more of a experience rather than that relationship. And you kind of yeah. constantly want to build on an experience rather than building on that relationship with God over your life. Mm. And I think it's what you're saying, just like going in depth with all that is so important um, to help, Mm. you know, form your trajectory with your faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So burning hearts, tell us all about anything you can. (laughs) I want to hear about it. Yes. Anything I can. Well, this is a brand new ministry that I'm launching. Um, So I, Everything that I do, it sort of just comes out of like just the Holy Spirit leading me, giving me mm-hmm. this idea. And and like I feel like it starts with like a bit of a God spark and then I sort of stumble into it. Um, so I have been an itinerant preacher for this is my third year now, but I was sort of traveling and ministering, but I was also mm-hmm. on staff at a church for 14 years. I was youth pastor, young adults pastor, all sorts of pastoral roles and stuff, um, but stepped into full-time itinerant ministry a couple of years ago. And so my ministry was just like self-titled, just like Layla and I have Andy. And I was like, oh, I really want like a ministry that's not just like about me, you know, right. like that has like a bigger like mission and goal and like, you know, something, a cause that I'm sort of like working towards and and something that's unique to me. Um, but I, I didn't have anything that was specific. God hadn't revealed that to me. So I'm sort of like just going about my ministry life, just doing things like I I made a um, read the Bible in a year plan and did wow. these video devotionals for every day of the year, put it on YouTube, but it was still just like read the Bible with Layla, you know, it yeah. wasn't like <laughs> under a ministry banner or anything like that. Um, and then I was at, do you know Jesus Image? Have you heard of Jesus yeah. Oh, Image? Yeah. 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 So I love those guys too. That's like my family in the States, those mm-hmm. guys. So um, I was in a service and Pastor Michael was preaching. I think it was like a Sunday morning and he was preaching on um, the, the disciples on the on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a few lines in there where, where it says like uh, um, they say like did not our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us. And they're talking yeah. about Jesus is sharing the scriptures, he's opening the scriptures, mm-hmm. and as he's doing that their hearts are burning within them. And um, Pastor Michael said this one line and he said the goal of our preaching and teaching should be um, open eyes, open eyes to see Jesus, to have that revelation of God, revelation of who Jesus is and to the revelation of the truth and burning hearts. And there was something in that when he when he said like, yeah, our teaching should be all about open eyes, burning hearts, open eyes, burning hearts. I was like, yes, like that, that is the heart of, of my life, of my ministry. I want to see hearts on fire for Jesus, but also yeah. those open eyes to see the truth of God and that revelation of God, revelation of the Bible, of church history, of, of just the truth. And so that uh, it was awesome. And then the next day, I think I was just in a cafe and I'm just like meditating on that. I'm thinking about what I'm doing like this year and I'm just praying with the Lord and stuff. And then it was just like this download of like the Lord's calling me to to have a ministry called Burning Hearts, the Burning wow. Hearts movement and what that looks like and all the things that are involved there. And so um, basically the idea of the Burning Hearts movement for me is really to create Christian resources that do set people's hearts on fire. And yeah. so like, yes, have the teaching, have the theology, but the goal of my teaching and the goal of me passing on this information isn't just for people to know things. It's actually those open eyes and those burning hearts that I'm yeah. going after. 
And so, yes, I'm making like writing courses and and producing courses and I've got a mentoring program and all all these sorts of resources um, that I'm putting online that I'm developing um, really with that goal of of just helping people to know Jesus and to encounter Jesus in that way Um, and not just get, you know, big heads but actually get those those burning hearts for him as well. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I've been like processing like cuz so i have i have a ministry um but yeah, i haven't done anything with it um <laughs> other than the podcast and my book um Come on. and so authentic you ministries the whole point of it is we live in a world today that says be authentic but mm. authenticity is so muddled with everything yes. coming at us like be this do this do this and it's like oh yeah. this is just me but it's not you who you are is who God's created you to be. And that's the authentic you. And that's kind of Come on. the whole, my book's called authentic you living out the masterpiece life. And what does okay. that look like in your life? So I wanted to create like resources and like, uh, and bringing other people in to be like writing like materials, even if it's just like blogs or video chats wow. or whatever that help people live out that authentic you life and stuff so um you're inspiring me to kind of like stir it up to get (laughs) let's go come on my heart is going for it so yeah i love that oh it's beautiful yeah so that's (laughs) exciting so um so i did see something and i I had to ask you about it because Mm -hmm. my in-laws um just surprised us at christmas um, they're taking my wife and I and her sister and her brother and their um, significant others on a vacation next month. And they surprised us nice. by giving us pickleball things. Yes. Uh, paddles in the so ball. Good. <laughs> and <laughs> never pl- we never played pickleball. So we were like, how, like, we're, this is going to be the first time. So how do you jump? Oh my gosh. Like you will love it. I am obsessed with pickleball. Yeah. That's like out, outside of ministry and family and everything. <laughs> it's like my one love, my true yeah. love. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely love it. So I got into pickleball sometime last year. I, okay. w- I was around pickleball with like the Theos crew would play at like conference and stuff like yeah. that but I never actually played until like August last year. And um, it is the best. It's sort of like if table tennis and tennis um, crossed over with each other, you would like get pickleball. That's like pickleball is basically like table tennis, but on a real life-size court that's a bit smaller than a tennis court. Um, So you have what's, yeah, it's so much fun. It's so easy to pick up. It's not difficult at all. Um, it's hard to get really, really good at it because there's like strategy and stuff involved, but it's so social, so much fun. You can play it anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think absolutely go for it. I'm awesome. sure you guys will get hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody talks about like, oh yeah, you got to get the lingo down. You got to get yeah. like, you know, wear the right things and get the right sayings. I'm like, I don't know. This is crazy. So yeah, I just saw that. I just thought I'd uh, throw it out there. Yeah, but... it's borderline a cult. It's yeah. almost <laughs> it seems a cult. A, a like, worldwide cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think I first saw you with Theos, you because we had oh, um, cool. what's his face come up to one of our conferences. Um, we have a conference called uh that I was a part of for a while. It's a college campus in the northeast uh cool. us called basic and it was basic con and he yeah. came up talking about theos you 
I think it was like right at the beginning of it. Um, what's his name? Uh, Nathan? Nathan? Nathan or? Yeah, Pinocchio. Nathan, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes words leave my mind. And um, yeah. <laughs> and names. And uh, so he was like talking a little bit about it kind of in the beginning. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to check this out and um, see what it's all about. And I, you popped up as um, teaching on, I think it was tongues, right? You, you Yes, that was my your, first course. Your first course. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the topic of tongues and, Come on. um, mm. because I speak them, but I've yeah. been in so many circles. Um, actually I'm, uh, part of a church right now that it's not, um, the forefront of the, the, wow. their ministry. But recently I had a couple of people come up and ask me about, Hey, tongues and stuff. And I'm like, how it, this is this is really funny because I was very um what's the word I you know I'm like oh I'm charismatic that's all I that's what I am I'm I'm going for that and being a part of churches mm. like that and somehow you know we drop I got dropped into God brought us to this church mm. it's not charismatic church they're not wow. against the gifts at all um but they're just not mm. um as a charismatic church would be. And now, and then I'm a part of a uh, Presbyterian ministry and I joke about with it all the time. So wow. I'm like a charismatic yeah. that's a part of a uh, outreach in our city that's a presby- under a Presbyterian um, church. Yeah. And then our church is, you know, not charismatic and stuff. So it's like, what is mm. my role here? And so how do I, you know, mm. yeah. not go against the grain of like, you know, teaching and stuff. And God's really softened my heart on a lot of it because- He's because I realized like, oh, people, these are people that love God. And like, that's mm-hmm. the priority is to see other people fall in love with God and yeah, and his mission and the gospel impact mm-hmm. around our city and in the, in the world. And I was yes. like, oh, that's, that's, that's what matters. It's not about like yeah. well, who can speak in tongues and who can't yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, but wow. I always love seeing like a solid teaching on it and stuff. And um, so, oh. yeah. Side. that was like yeah a, thank you so much yeah, absolutely. and yeah with with that course really I do go over speaking to, in tongues throughout church history so all yeah. the way from the early church to the present because you know over the last sort of 50 60 years there have been um people sort of like coming out against charismatics and saying like you know this is just a brand new phenomenon this has never been you know mm-hmm. legit in church history this didn't happen after the time of the apostles and all of that so um, in my course, I really wanted to go like, okay, does this have historical precedent? Is this yeah. something that's continued throughout church history? How has it been taught throughout church history? You know, how should we approach um, spiritual gifts and speaking in tongues? And um, yeah, through that, I've really seen a lot of people who have sort of had those sort of like barriers to speaking in tongues or some people have told him like if you speak in tongues, you're being possessed by the devil or like by yeah. the demons and and like just all of this whacked out theology to suppress spiritual gifts and suppress mm-hmm. tongues. Um, there's been a lot of people who have been able to really like just uncover the truth or, or or the solid foundation that it is there throughout church history. So yeah, if if there are people who are, as you said, like open to the spiritual gifts, but, but maybe haven't experienced it for themselves, uh, I really um, encourage them to to check out that that course, speaking yeah. in tongues throughout church history, um, because hopefully, yeah, it'll set a good foundation for you of just Absolutely. what is out there in church history when it comes to speaking in tongues. Yeah, I love it. 
absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right now run our young adults, um, at our church and, uh, awesome. and something I eventually want to probably go into, which by, you know, with honor to or towards everybody, um, yeah. is the spiritual gifts and because it's such wow, come on. a foundation in my life and, you know, yeah. what I've seen around the world, you know, in, yes, in my travels yeah. and, and what I've done and, um, and tongues is so important in my life and has mm. always been important. And, um, wow. but I've also seen the abuse of it and the pressure yeah. of people putting it mm. on other people as well. And just like yeah. trying to make them start speaking in tongues and like, Oh, you don't mm. speak in tongues. You're, you're totally not with God. Yeah. And so I've seen the, you know, the other side of it. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I could go into a whole thing about that, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think God's going to, is doing a really cool thing, um, in my life yes. with all that. And, um, I don't know what it's fully yeah. going to look like, but I'm open. So come on. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love so, the journey the Lord takes people on when it comes to spiritual gifts and encounters yeah. with him and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really awesome. Um, a few, I guess a few more questions and, um, that I have. So, uh, do you have, I mean, you have your, your website and stuff. Do you plan on like writing books mm-hmm. or like, do you have stuff coming yeah. out in the future? Like what, you know, you seem like you're someone that like has a lot of that going on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I haven't like written anything. I've written, um, with Theos, you, we produced a book with, um, Whitaker house. Uh, okay, I yeah. just wrote a, um, a chapter in that book, which was on recovering worship. So sort of like the historical, um, precedent for like what did worship mean and and what was it in in the new early church and mm. um the ancient church and whatever so i've written like one chapter there but i haven't produced a book by myself yeah um i think after i finish my phd i would love to like publish a like palatable version that's like good for like popular um yeah. christianity and that sort of thing like at the moment it's all in like academic jargon so uh yeah i'm i'm going to probably like just publish that that phd yeah. um and then i would love to start writing other books and stuff just as the lord leads in terms of like whatever people are talking about what whatever needs to be spoken into but yeah really cool. with that like sort of burning hearts and and historical sort of focus love it i feel like there's so many things that we could just get into conversation about and talk about that. I just love to pick your brain on. And um, yeah, I'm even like, yeah, yeah. Anyways. um, Yeah. I'm like, I'm like totally, I've been going back and forth about more schooling and stuff just because I, I mean, I've, you could see the other side of right here. It's just like books. I just love reading. Um, I've read deep theology books. I love conversations about it, but I only have my Mm -hmm. associates in uh, theology. And I kind of stopped because um, I was already like moving in ministry and doing it and didn't feel Mm -hmm. like either financially I had the time or whatever it looked like. But I'm just like, I always was like, I want to be a doctor and something like just like, but then I was like, (laughs) do I really just want to do something to have a title and stuff? And then somebody was like, well, I mean, you could just keep reading and then you'll have all that knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not recognizable. And then. Anyways, so I'm I keep going back and forth, but you're kind of inspiring me to kind of after this year yes. dive into that or something a little more, go back into it. So 
We'll, we'll Come on, because it sounds like you've read so much. Like, yeah, it, it'd just basically be like writing the writing the dissertations and stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's all it would be, right? Um, <laughs> and then paying for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Right. And uh, so, who who's your favorite person, saint, whoever in church history? Mm. Like, I know there's a lot to choose from. Oh, but like, what yeah. Do you get like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> I love this woman. Like. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the revivalists. So like mm. a Pentecostal sort of revivalist, uh, William J. Seymour and all of those guys, Yeah, um, Charles Finney, all them. Um, I think if we go further, further back, I love John Wesley. He comes up a lot in my, mm-hmm. um, in my study. I've spent a lot of time reading John Wesley's diary, his sermons, his, yeah. all of his material. He was a prolific writer, wrote so much material. Um, and I just love him because he, he really does have, um, he, this heart of a, a revivalist and a reformer. He, you know, saw the Lord moving great, powerful ways in revival mm. in England and across the world through his movement, but then also was one who loved church history himself and wanted to do exactly what I'm, I'm trying to do. Uh, yeah. he wanted to get those resources of church history into the hands and the minds and the lives of just everyday Christians, a lot of who were like uneducated at the time and that sort of thing, because he knew that that would help their spiritual formation and their discipleship. So I I find a lot, like for me, like a lot of personal connection um, with Wesley. Um, I also love like people like Teresa of Avila and Mm. going further back like Tertullian and just Anyone throughout church history that I really read and resonate with, like their burning heart, like when I can yeah. see that burning heart, I love those burning ones throughout church history. They would be my favorite who are just like on fire for the Lord and really, yeah. you know, want, want to help others sort of encounter him like they have. Love it. Love it. So I'm from Rochester, which is like where yes. Finney did all his yes. stuff. Come on. And so like I passed the church on East Ave all the time where he mainly yeah. was. And um, people come here all the time. And we're just like, um, you know, after, you know, revival and wine did like, uh, what's his name uh, was telling us he, he, he went on a whole worldwide revival tour. Um, wow. John, John, not John. Uh, what's his I'm reading his book right now. Tyson. John is yeah, John Tyson. Oh yeah, John Tyson. Yeah, yeah John he's an Aussie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he he talked about going up to Rochester and seeing going to like where Finney yeah. was and stuff. And so it's just cool to be in a place where like those wells go deep. Yes. Um that's and like amazing. you always see like, you know, God's doing something right now in Rochester that's just awesome. And it's it's yeah. really cool. And he's always been doing something, but like mm-hmm. it's a dark place right now. And it's it's wow. I love that you just brought up Finney because I could talk yes. about Finney all Let's day. Let's go. Yeah. Come so on. but yeah, I, I love Finney. Um, have you heard of uh what this one girl? I, I really love like the yeah. mystics, uh yeah, like their cool. stories and yes. I know there's like controversy if it's real or not real, but I don't care. I believe it's real. Um, yeah. But there was St. Agnes. I was going through like oh, the, cool. the, um, the, what's it called? The daily prayers and stuff. My yeah, my friend, yeah. he's Anglican and gave me like a, a daily prayer thing. And they had like a saint for every day. And so the St. Agnes, she was a virgin who was basically persecuted and they were trying to like, you know, de-virginize her 
and her hair they stripped her naked and her hair just kept growing rapidly to cover her body and stuff to the point yeah it was like like god just like kept doing this stuff to like keep her purity and her innocence and then she ended up dying but it was just like it's just i don't know i love those mystic stories where god just moves in incredible ways supernatural ways and a lot of times in their death revival comes out and people's lives are changed and stuff and Mm. so yeah yeah it's powerful yeah oh absolutely i i think like there's so there's so many gems there's so much treasure to be found in church history that really gives you food for thought today you know just like uh, yeah it's such a game changer i think it's really cool awesome so two more questions uh i ask everybody this this podcast is called your authentic life what does that Mm -hmm. mean to you what does authenticity mean to Mm -hmm. you Okay, authenticity to me is like living in the true identity that Christ has for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like me being true to whoever, you know, the world says that I am, Layla Nahavandi, whatever concept the world has put on me, but it's actually living according to the truth of the word of God, my identity in Christ, and really discovering who that is and who he's created me to be a bit like you were talking about in Ephesians before how he says, you know, we're created as, as God's masterpiece created in Christ to do the good works that he has for us. So for me, my authentic life is really, you know, looking at Jesus, looking into his eyes, seeing my identity in light of Christ and and what Mm. that looks like, and then living out that true identity. Awesome. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, I have a whole chapter in my book called Mirror, Mirror that says it's, it's like there's three different mirrors, probably more than that, but I identify three different mirrors we look into. Mm. It's the broken mirror and we'll like look at, bro, you know, the cracks in the mirror and we'll project those mm. cracks onto ourselves. We're like, oh, I'm broken. And it's like, mm. no, the thing you're looking into is broken, not you. Yes. And there's the foggy mirror, the mirror that's covers up who you are based upon who you're surrounded with and you know when you get into you get out of the shower and then it's all misty and stuff your mirror your mirror is impacted by the environment then there's the clear Mm. mirror which is seeing in through the eyes of jesus and beautiful it's like what you said so love that Mm. so thanks (laughs) yeah so last question where can people Mm -hmm. find you find your um your all your stuff burning hearts find out more information yes. find how to play pickleball and all that yes how to play <laughs> pickleball i don't know if i can teach them that but um i've got um instagram that's where, where i'm most active on social media so yeah. just at layla.nahavandi um and then i've got a youtube channel where i have a lot of resources for free um Bible reading plan for a whole year, daily devotionals. Um, then I've got a website as well, which is just under my name. So LaylaNahavandi.com. And on mm-hmm. there you can find uh, Burning Hearts Movement, all my Burning Hearts resources. Um, awesome. And yeah, all, all the things that you might want to know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the the episode today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been yeah. so blessed by this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, me too. It's been been awesome. Uh, we'll have to have you again and go into more of like a solid topic of like church history or something. Yes, or, let's go. Yeah, Come on. it's been great. So thanks again. Love it. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Layla. Uh, 
I hope to have her on again. She is just full of wisdom, full of knowledge, traveling and speaking. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I, I messaged her a while back and all of a sudden I'm, I'm, you know, back in December or January or December, uh, I was like on Instagram and all of a sudden popped up. She had DM me and she's like, I'm so sorry. I never responded. Uh, would love to be on the podcast. And I was like, awesome. Let's get you on. And, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy that we were able to get her on because what a wonderful, wonderful person, uh, having her on the episode. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you made it this far again, click that share button, go and share it with somebody who would enjoy this episode, uh, enjoy the podcast altogether. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Um, I know I've been slow on the YouTube uploads. I'm still getting the hang of it, but we will be getting every single one of these, uh, interviews on YouTube coming soon. Uh, it's just delayed, uh, weekly. We're going to get the Nick Poe one up, uh, better than it was. And, uh, yeah, these will all be up. So hope you enjoyed. Thanks so much.